Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us, if our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our feast day for today is the feast of Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. But I want to focus today on the blood of Christ because the feast really is about both body and blood. And frankly, the readings the church proposes for us are dripping in blood. Listen to a little bit now from the first reading from the book of Exodus. Moses has just received ordinances from the Lord, and he wants to seal the people now in this covenant. Having sent certain young men of the Israelites to offer holocausts and sacrifice young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord, Moses took half of the blood, put it in large bowls. The other half he splashed on the altar. Taking the book of the covenant, he read it aloud to the people who answered, All the Lord has said, we will heed and do. Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. Imagine now, these bulls have been slaughtered. Their blood has been placed in bowls. Some of it splashed on the altar and the other half sprinkled on the people themselves. Strange, isn't it? Surprising, even a little bit off-putting. Now, the letter to the Hebrews, our second reading, talks all about the temple in Jerusalem and the sacrifices that took place there. You know, historians have said the temple in Jerusalem would have smelled and looked a lot like a slaughterhouse. People bringing, by the thousands, animals to be sacrificed. In fact, so many were being sacrificed that at the height of the holy seasons, blood was carried out of the temple by these great sluices. Extraordinary, isn't it? The place was, was a slaughterhouse. Blood pouring out of it, literally. The author of the letter of the Hebrews says, that Jesus is the perfect and final sacrifice. The perfect and final priest. The perfect and final victim. Then in the Gospel reading from the Gospel of Mark, Jesus, the night before he dies, takes a cup. Here's what he says. This is my blood. The blood of the covenant to be poured out on behalf of many. Blood sprinkled on the people. Blood running out of a temple. Jesus giving his disciples and us his very blood to drink. Strange stuff, isn't it? But until we move into this world where blood sacrifice was a central practice, 
we will not understand what these readings are about. And I know it's hard for us. You know, I'm from the suburbs. If I, I've never seen an animal killed. If I did, I'd probably be shocked. And if I knew an animal was being slaughtered for religious reasons, I'd probably be not only shocked, but morally repulsed. Most of us would. This world is so alien to us, so strange. What's going on? How can we move into it? And why does the church propose to us these odd readings and this odd feast of the body and blood of Christ? Well, in the ancient world, sacrifice was essential to religious practice, and especially for the Jews. There were two basic forms. One was a sacrifice of first fruits. What this meant was, at harvest time especially, you would take the first fruits or the finest fruits of your harvest, grain or whatever it was, grapes, and you would offer it up as a burnt offering to God. It was a gesture of gratitude. Lord, we will take this tiny portion of your creation, we will offer it back to you as a sign that we know all of our harvest, all of our lives, everything we've got is a gift from you. And so the sacrifice was a gesture of gratitude to God. There was, however, another type of sacrifice, the one being alluded to in the book of Exodus. In this, an animal was killed, blood poured out, and then the animal offered up as a holocaust, as a burnt offering. Now why? Here the focus was not so much on gratitude, but on penitence. The deep conviction that something has gone wrong in our relationship to God. Because of our sin, because of our cruelty, because of our selfishness, something's gone wrong in our relationship to God. And so what do we do? We take this precious thing, especially now for ancient peoples. They're still important for us, of course, animals. We wouldn't live without them. But especially for ancient peoples. What these animals meant was life. Life. So you take one, and you kill it. You offer it. And then you send it up to God as a burnt offering. It's a gesture of repentance. Lord, accept this precious gift of mine, which I'm sacrificing. I could use it for my own purposes, but I'm sacrificing it to you as a gesture of penitence, that it might set right what has gone wrong between the two of us. The idea here is that God is angered by sin. The sacrifice will appease him. Now, as I mentioned, the temple in Jerusalem, year-round, but especially at the high holy days, the high feasts, was a place where this happened all the time. People would bring an animal to the temple, they'd buy an animal, and then the priest would sacrifice it as a sign of reparation. This is the world of meaning that these readings presume. The world of meaning taken for granted by Jews of Jesus' time. What's the author of the letter to the Hebrews telling us? 
He's saying, you know this practice of ours, this temple sacrifice, which is everything, which is the core of our religious life, the means by which we reestablish our connection to God, you know all that? Sure, sure, people would say. Well, it's ended in Jesus Christ. It's ended in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the ultimate and final priest. He is the ultimate and final sacrifice. In his blood, something has been accomplished which can never be accomplished by the blood of goats and bulls and so on. Through all the centuries of sacrifice, nothing has been accomplished similar to what Jesus has accomplished by shedding his blood on the cross. And now listen again to those words from the Gospel of Mark. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. Moses makes a covenant, or rather God makes a covenant with the people. Moses seals it in blood. Jesus is saying the new and final and everlasting covenant is the one that's sealed in my blood. How do we make sense of this? What does all of this mean? Think of it this way. The assumption behind all this sacrificial language is that God is angry and needs to be appeased. God's angry at sin, and some gesture of ours will appease him. In Jesus, all of that gets reversed. We hear from the Gospel of John that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Listen, Christians, it's not primarily out of anger that the Father sends the Son. It is precisely out of love. What does he send the Son to do? He sends the Son to go into our sin. Remember, he stands shoulder to shoulder with sinners in the waters of the Jordan. He goes out to sinners he eats and he drinks with them. He heals them. He cures them. He draws them in. Jesus' whole ministry is to travel into sin, to stand with us sinners. And then finally, at the end of his ministry, he goes into the heart of darkness. He goes into sin and death themselves, becoming on his cross a sacrifice now notice, though, please, notice. Not a human sacrifice designed to appease an angry God. Rather, God's sacrifice designed to reconcile us to God. There's something staggering here, and that's exactly what the author of the letter to the Hebrews is trying to tell us. What we tried to do through all of our centuries of sacrifice in the temple has now been accomplished, not by us, but by God sending his own son into our sin, into what frightens us, into our death. And by shedding his blood, which is the sign of God's love, he has performed the final and ultimate sacrifice.
the sacrifice that puts an end to all of our pathetic and finally useless attempts to reconcile ourselves to God. God has come from his heaven and has reconciled himself to us in the blood of Jesus' cross. And that's why it's so wonderful that Jesus takes this cup. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. Now drink it. Drink it. That means take it into yourself. God's love to the point of death now becoming your life. Remember, Christians, in all four Gospels, Jesus comes to the great temple in Jerusalem, the place where all the sacrifice took place. And he says, I will destroy this temple and in three days raise it up. Well, he shocked people. You're going to destroy the temple? This is what he means. I will destroy, I will render useless this whole practice of offering sacrifice to God because now I am the final sacrifice. My blood is where you find salvation. And so how wonderful that Sunday after Sunday, dressed in the robes of a temple priest, the priest, mind you, the one that performs the sacrifice, makes present what Jesus did the night before he died. Offering this sacrifice back to God. How beautiful. It's not our sacrifice, it's God's sacrifice. But now we offer it back to God because we know in this blood, in this blood alone, we have been reconciled to God. As we drink it, take it into ourselves, we realize that we are loved back into life by God. This is what the Feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ, means. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that, together, we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Word on Fire is brought to you in part by Catholic Cemeteries. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago Cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.